So you're all probably pretty familiar with what this is, right? We've all seen these for a long time. Signal light or a traffic light or a stoplight, whatever you call it. All right, we all know that when it's green, you go. And when it turns red, you stop. All right, we've known this since we were little kids, really, right? My wife and I have four kids. They're all adults now. But when they were little and we'd be in the car driving down like on Washington Street where you can see a whole bunch of signals, right? They just recite the colors off. Red, 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 green, green, red. It's just kind of over and over. And somewhere along the line, our youngest, he got to making proclamations about our driving. So he'd be sitting there in his car seat and he'd go, Congratulations, you just ran a yellow light. (laughs) Yeah, it was cute. First time. But we all, you know, we all know what these are. And, And our response to them is kind of mechanical, right? We stop or we go. And yet sometimes our response can be emotional to these devices. If we're late and it turns red on us, all of a sudden we're mad at the signal light for making us even later. Or maybe it's red, and we're happy to see that because we want to check our phone, right? And so it's red, so we have a little space, and we can check the phone for a while. But then it turns green, we get mad because the person in front of us is just sitting there still looking at their phone instead of going. One way or another, right, we all respond to the traffic lights. Now today, as Adam said, is the first in the series, The Art Of, and we're talking about worship. I promise I'll come back to this and tie it all together right before I'm done. Now, I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher. We lived a block away from the church. So when I say I grew up in church, I mean, I almost literally did grow up in church. And I started singing at church from a very young age. Um, And I kind of had this idea that music was worship. Worship was music, right? Kind of like this. But that's my story. And I know most of you, your story is very different from that. For some of you, it might look more like this. Worship is, I don't know. I don't know what worship is. I'm not sure I need to know what worship is or care what worship is. Or maybe some of you were okay with, okay, worship is music. Let's just, let's just move on from there. Right? But no matter what your idea of worship is, I think everybody worships something in their life. Now, sometimes worship may look like this. I don't think we typically call that a worshiper, but I think in one sense, he is. Or worship may look more like this, much more quiet and reflective. Generally speaking, we worship what is important to us. What we care about. And our worship somehow tells other people how great this thing is that we're worshiping. I mean, our worship may involve singing, like European soccer fans singing in the stadium. Our worship may be um, screaming, like a groupie when their band gets off the bus. Or worship could be quiet, like a blogger that's blogging about the latest decorating trends. Whatever that is, right, we talk about what we value. We encourage others to like it as well. And in short, what we devote yourself to is what you worship. Now, for us here at the Ridge, when we talk worship, we're talking about God. So you might think, like I did, that worship was only about music, but that really is way too small. Worship has a lot of different forms. So when I went through the Bible and just looked up a bunch of things on worship, 
right? I found a lot of things that are giving worship to God. Singing and shouting are mentioned in the Psalms. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Praying is worship. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Serving. Peter talks about bringing glory to God by serving others or giving. Paul talks about giving to others as an act of worship. Working can be worship. We work willingly to whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord or meditating. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Posture is mentioned several times throughout the Bible as part of worship. In Revelation, it says, And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped. Dancing is also mentioned a lot in the Bible. Praise his name with dancing is one example. Now, so this is not a complete list by any stretch. So in order to kind of boil all of that down to one thing that we can remember, here is the most basic definition of worship. Worship is our response to God. Singing, dancing, meditating, serving, all of those are worship if they are in response to God and what he is doing in our lives. Now, it seems to me that if we want to know more about worship, we should go to somebody who knows a lot about worship, and Jesus comes to mind. Right? He knows the heart of God. He's actually been in heaven in worship. So we're going to take a look at what he had to say. Jesus spoke directly to worship when he had a conversation with a Samaritan woman. And we're kind of going to join this conversation midway as it turns towards worship. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet, so tell me. Why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. So at the time Jesus said this, there was still a temple in Jerusalem where God's people had been worshipping for centuries by bringing offerings and sacrifices. However, Jesus came to replace this animal sacrifice-based system, and he also knew the temple would be destroyed soon. So worship of God was going to radically change. With this conversation, he let us know that we can worship God anywhere. On a mountain, in a cathedral, a building with a tall steeple, a forest, a pole barn, a jail cell, even a simple concrete building that maybe looks more like a movie theater than a church. Now, some of you know this. Some of you have worshipped in jail. Some of you have worshipped in a hospital room. Some of you know, uh, or many of you know, Sarah Taylor, who passed away fighting cancer two years ago. Her mom, Kim, recently told me that while Sarah was receiving her treatments, her body was racked with pain but she would be listening to worship music and praising God in the hospital room, and God would comfort her through that. Worship is not tied to a place. Worship is our response to God no matter where we are. Now, think with me for a second. Where do you find yourself responding to God? For me, it's when I'm outside. The beauty of a sunrise or the smell after a rain And my response is often really simple. Thank you, God. That's beautiful. Can we worship, can can worship really be anything? 
right? Can any response to God be worship? In a word, no. Right now, I realize I spent the last few minutes telling you that worship is our response to God, and some of our common thoughts about worship are way too limited. However, not all responses to God are worship. I think the clearest example of that is when a person rejects God. When someone is presented the gospel, when they hear that God created them, he loves them, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for them, that Jesus was raised from the dead and offers to forgive their sins, and they respond by walking away. That is not worship. It's a tragedy. True worship of God comes through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to Jesus' conversation with the Samaritan woman. You Samaritans know very well, or sorry, know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, right? because Jesus is here now, right? the time is coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And Jesus laid out clearly that we must worship God through spirit. That is the Holy Spirit and in truth. A little later in John, Jesus tells the disciples that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So when we put all of that together, right, we see that true worship of God only comes through Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit. So worship is big. It's bigger than we usually think it's in our response to God. But it's not everything, right? It's not every response. True worship is led by the Holy Spirit. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit, which dwells in us, to guide us. So when we put all of that together, we get this. Worship is our response to God through Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit. So... If you've ever felt that you couldn't worship God because of something in your past, something you did, something you said, something you thought, I know I've been there. I thought, how can somebody like me, a sinner, worship God? And we worship through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When we accept forgiveness of God, from God, through Jesus' sacrifice, God now sees us through Jesus. So when he looks at us, he looks through Jesus, and what he sees is perfection. Right? He sees his perfect son. He doesn't see us. So now, whether we sing or dance or pray or serve or give, when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, when we respond to God through Jesus, then we're truly worshiping. So how did Jesus respond to God? He obeyed God. He praised God. He served others in God's name. He gave God credit for everything. That is, he glorified God. He went out alone to pray to God and to spend time with him. And did Jesus dance in worship? Don't know. I mean, we know King David did, right, in the Old Testament. And that caused a whole bunch of problems at the palace. But I don't think it's really about the actions, right? At the root, it's not the actions. It's the attitude that we have. Our attitude that Jesus showed us is, is praise and honor and glory and gratitude, trust and love. Whenever we respond to God, 
with these attitudes, we are worshiping no matter what we are doing or where we are. One thing Jesus did not talk directly about is our posture as a means of worship. Again, throughout the Bible, there are encouragements in Scripture to bow humbly, to raise hands joyfully, to sing and shout loudly, to clap, to do all these different things in worship, right? Having to do with our posture. And we do all of those things here at the Ridge. I mean, not everyone does all of these, but these are all responses to God. And maybe you got stuck when I started with bow humbly. doesn't sound like we do that. Well, we do, right? We think about praying. We typically bow our head. But there's another example. A few weeks ago, I was sitting somewhere over in here. And as we were singing, I noticed a man who had been singing was now sitting down. And he had his head in his hands. I think he was clearly overcome by emotion. And I think the words of the song got a hold of his heart. And the Holy Spirit was working in him. And he was bowing before God, responding to God by sitting and crying and thinking. We worship by responding to God with music, with prayer, with our posture, with service. But why? Why do we worship? Why do we praise God? Well, I think we respond to God when we realize how much he loves us. I think we respond to God when we realize how awesome he is and how by comparison, how we're nothing. I think we respond to God when we are having a really great day, and we respond to God when we're having a really lousy day. Who else knows us? Who else cares for us? Who else loves us like he does? When we begin to think more about God, when God becomes more important to us, we want to tell others. We want others to know God. We want to share our experience with others so they can join us. C.S. Lewis is one of the great authors and uh, Christian thinkers in the last century, and he had this to say about why we worship. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. So when we tell others about things, it's not just an expression, it actually completes what we do. We, we naturally praise what we enjoy, and we naturally tell others about what is important to us. Expressing our praise completes our enjoyment. Let's go back one more time uh, to the conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. She'd been waiting for years to hear that. I am the Messiah. So what did she do? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Telling everyone. We tell others what's important to us and it completes our enjoyment of that. Now, I know I'm a little bit ahead of the Christmas season, but this sure sounds a lot like what the shepherds did right when they found Jesus in the manger. They went out and they told everyone. It's a pretty common response to people when they encounter Jesus is telling everyone. Now, hopefully by now I've convinced you that worship is much bigger than music, but music is a big part of worship. So last weekend, I was working around the house, and I was listening to recording artist Phil Wickham. 
And a lot of times, his songs are so, they're so much about praising God and how we praise and why we praise. I found myself stopped several times just listening to the words to be reminded of that. Later that day, when I was actually writing this section, I went back and I listened to one of his songs. Here's the chorus from Hymn of Heaven. There will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose again. Holy, holy is the Lord. I was sitting at a card table listening to this song on crummy laptop speakers. And I had tears running down my face. When we worship through music, it speaks straight to our heart. Music is a heart language. It just gets right to us. Check this out in Revelation. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. I can't wait for that day when we get to see him face to face and we get to worship in the presence of God. There's, there's very little on this earth that we're going to find in heaven because there's very little good on this earth. But in heaven, we know love will be there. God is love and he will be there. We're going to be there because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And when we experience God's love firsthand, when we are in the presence of God, we will worship him. We will respond to him with reverence and with awe, blessing and honor and glory and power. And maybe, maybe that seems crazy to you right now. Maybe this is so far from how you're feeling that it just seems impossible. I get that. I've been there. But maybe, just maybe, all we need is a little encouragement and maybe a little more practice responding to God. I told you I was going to come back to the signal light. So, been talking, you know, all morning about how Worship is responding to God. And this signal light's been up here doing its thing. Right? Green, yellow, red. Green, yellow, red. Just over and over. And we know how to respond uh, to a signal light. So give this a try. Whenever you see a signal light, and you know you're going to a lot, right? Every day. Whenever you see a signal light, remember to deliberately think, how am I responding to God today? Right? It can be just a simple general reminder. What can I do today to respond to God? How can I act today at work or at school that shows I am responding to God? How can I, you know, what's my attitude towards God? What's my attitude towards other people? Now, it could also be a little bit more specific, right? When we see a green light, we could think about what is God pushing us to do? What is, what did we feel a tug to do? Or what did we feel a nudge to go do? Let it remind us that we need to honor our parents and we honor God by that. Maybe it's a nudge towards forgiving someone because God forgave you first. Or a green light could help you think, where have I seen God working and how can I join him there? Or maybe the red light. Red light could remind you of something that's coming into your life that maybe isn't the best, right? Maybe there's a new friendship in your life and you feel that friendship pulling you away from God. Just a reminder, how are we responding to God? Make up your own reminder, right? Just use these as a trigger, How am I responding to God through Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit? 
Another way to get more comfortable thinking about worship or what heaven will be like is to become more intentional about responding to God now. On Sunday, it's a lot easier, right? It's a lot easier to think about responding to God because we're together. We come here expecting to learn something, expecting to be challenged to do something. But the rest of the week, it's harder, or we may forget. So from this platform, right, we encourage everyone to read the Bible and to pray. Why do we do that? When we read the Bible and pray, we become more aware of how we should respond to God all the time not just when we're in church. At work, the way we act at work, how are we responding to others at work? How does that show God in our lives? Or our giving, how are we giving? Are we, is, is our giving responding to God? Or is it just money? A couple of weeks ago, Reed spoke about praying and making prayer a bigger part of our lives. And in order to practice that, the practice praying continuously, he didn't say amen when he finished uh, praying, but we actually can prayed, prayed through the next song. Now today we're going to share in a continuation of worship. In a bit, the band's going to come out and we are going to sing some. And I know I said worship is bigger than music. It is. But, worship, or, but music is a really part of worship. And in our culture today, it's probably the most common way that we come together in community to worship. We're also going to take communion today. Communion is another way we collectively worship. We obey Jesus' command when we take communion to remember what he has done for us. In one sense, communion is just a tiny cracker and a dab of juice. But when we take it together in response to God, it can be one of the most meaningful things we do. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we announce the Lord's death until he comes. We obey and respond to God. We worship Him. We will also pray. Perhaps prayer is the most common way that we worship individually. In our prayers, we ask for help. We ask for guidance. We we also express gratitude. We express praise to God. We share our hearts with God. We respond to God's call to be His child and to deepen our relationship through those conversations. So as we sing and pray and take communion... I'm going to encourage you to be a little more intentional about how you respond than maybe you usually do. When we sing, how will you respond? I know some of you don't like music, right? I know some of you even come late on Sunday to avoid the music, and I know we really messed you up today, so sorry about that. But music may not be a natural language for you, but how can you still respond to God during that? Maybe that's a time when you can just simply reflect on what the words are. Or maybe you can let the emotion of the song pour over you just a little bit more. And we do different songs up here, different styles, and not every style is going to hit you right. It's not not going to speak to you. But still, you can be thinking about God and how you're responding to him during that time and during any other time during the week. So for those of you who love music... What's kind of your next level response to God? Perhaps it's singing out loud, or singing louder, or clapping, or raising your hands. Be intentional and allow yourself to respond to God. This is between you and God. It's not what other people think or what other people are doing. And also remember that not all responses to God are worship, and not all are appropriate in this particular setting. But I know at least some of us 
and I include myself in this definitely, some of us want to respond to God more. We're just not sure how. Or maybe we're not sure what it'll look like or how it comes out. Just let yourself, again, be guided by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you decide that you're going to fall down in worship this morning, it's okay, right? Just be aware that if you do that, our medical team may come in just to check on you. Okay, so just kind of give them a thumbs up. Everything's good. Just worshiping. So that's fine. Worship is our response to God led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can encourage and restrain. So allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we're, we're actually going to reset the platform now while I wrap up. Last Sunday, uh, in here, we sang a song by Phil Wickham, right? The guy I was listening to all weekend. And the song was The Battle Belong. And I know I responded more to that song than I did to any of the other songs that Sunday. Maybe it was because I was familiar with it. Uh, maybe it was because I'd been listening to Phil Wickham all weekend. I don't know. Uh, but again, I just, I had the sense of responding to God even more. It really spoke to my heart. Now, Justin's going to sing the chorus uh, for this. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high Oh God, battle belongs to you And every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night Oh God, battle belongs to you I don't know, maybe it's the imagery of that song Right? I'll fight on my knees. That is not how we fight. But we're all fighting something. Right? Maybe, maybe we're fighting for a relationship that we see in front of us that's falling apart. We're fighting to find a steady job. Or we're fighting through a hurt, a hang-up, or a habit that we just can't shake. My hands lifted high. It can be in praise. We also lift our hands high in surrender. We lay our fears at God's feet. That's just more surrender. God, I can't, but you can. Maybe it's permission. When the song says, I lift my hands high, it feels like we have permission to do that. You've got permission, right? You don't need it from me. You don't need it from anybody else. The Holy Spirit gives you permission to respond to God in that way. Or maybe it's a reminder at the end of the chorus. I'll sing through the night. The night seems to be when our fears and our anxieties come out even the most. We sing through the night to remind ourselves of what God has done. We also sing and encourage those around us. We're going to continue our worship now with some songs, with prayer and communion. And we also have a special element today. Annie Shields is going to create a painting during our time of collective worship. Please join us. Please respond to God through Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit. Remember what C.S. Lewis said about expressing our praise. Let your expression of praise complete your enjoyment of God. Worship is our response to God.